When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another captaincy video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scouts. It's a blank game week. No Leicester, no Chelsea, Arsenal or Manchester United options. But there are plenty more candidates to choose from. My name is Joe and joining me to find the best captaincy options for blank game week 36 is David. David, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Obviously, we're recording this um, uh, at the halfway stage of uh, triple game week 35, yes. which means... Uh, um, I'm in a good place because <laughs> so I captain Fernandez on my free hit and have shot, I think, up to about 75k uh, finally in the top 100k. And um, yeah, so we triple game week 35 going well so far. Uh, getting the captaincy right for the blank game week is quite important, bearing in mind that we're mostly, I think, a lot of us going to have less than 11 players possibly available unless we've saved the free hit chip, of which, of course, I have not. So um, in a good place, but big decisions are coming up. Yeah, so um, yeah, I've, I've got uh, Fernandez captain at the moment. So I'm not expecting him to get three games, but hopefully he'll get some minutes uh, tonight. And yes, to timestamp this, we're recording Tuesday morning during game week 35, so there are more matches to play. So all tables I'm putting up um, will be for the last six matches um, and were made before last night's uh, glamour clash between Burnley and Fulham. And we both have Chris Wood, so we're going to just mention him again. Uh, obviously, because he's great. Um, but let's start with Liverpool. Away to down and out West Brom. Um, Salah is likely to be one of the top choices. Um, and he's certainly in the running for me for the armband. But is he the best choice? So what do we think? Liverpool uh, assets like Salah against West Brom for the captaincy this week. What do we think? Yeah, well, it's certainly a fixture worth looking at. Um West Brom obviously uh, haven't been defensively uh, too sound for some time. There was mild improvement, I think, two or three months ago, but then it dipped off again. Um, you know, with the with the situation the club's in now as well, uh, arguably very little to fight for other than pride. Um, dare I say it, I've never... I don't know. Sam has never really been in this position before, so I don't really know what to actually necessarily expect from the players now. Um, I think uh, I could be confident that they'll cause Liverpool problems. But actually, that could play into Liverpool's hands because they've got some. They've got. I, I still think there's some, there's some attacking talent there that can cause Liverpool problems. Yeah. I think they will probably go for it, um, and then that should open things up for for Liverpool, which would be quite nice. So um, they're not towards the awful, awful end of the um, defensive scale over mm -hmm. the last six matches, but they're certainly nowhere near the the right place of the table. So in that last six, in those last six matches, 14 big chances conceded, which is the seventh worst. And their XGC uh, is 10.97, which is the fifth worst. So, um, even if there are a couple of a team, a couple of teams who, um, according to the stats, look more likely of conceding, it, it, it definitely suggests that a clean sheet is very much not really on the cards here. Yeah. Um, in terms of where they conceded their chances from over that period, so they've conceded uh, 31 through the middle, which is their worst. Mm -hmm. um, they've conceded more there than on the right or the left. Um, only Leeds and Sheffield United have conceded more through the middle 
than uh, West Brom. So arguably, uh, perhaps uh, is a, is of benefit to whoever is going to play through the middle for Liverpool, which, of course, you can never normally tell. You can never normally tell because it could be Firmino, it could be Jota, it could be Salah. You know, you're not sure how he's going to set up the, the front three or sometimes it's a front four, although that's, that's very rare, of course. Um, but one particular stat that I do also like the look of uh, down the right flank, they've conceded 29 chances. So it's close to how many they've conceded through the middle. That 29 down the right flank is the third worst in the league. Only Leeds and Newcastle conceded more down that particular side. Um, and uh, he who usually plays on the left is Sadio Mane, who obviously has, uh, you know, I think looked a little bit better uh, in recent weeks and appears to be sort of ramping a little bit back up to the Mane that we've become used to. So, um Whereas on the on the left hand side for West Brom, just the twenty one chances conceded, and actually that's that's like the ninth worst. Whereas in those other two areas, they're the third worst in the league. So could suggest that actually mm. Liverpool's attack might get some joy down the okay. left. So uh, I mean, I don't own Mane, um, but you know if people are looking for differential options that they think could be quite explosive, then possibly he could be a good okay. shot for this game. That's a good match up there. I mean, the figures we got up on the screen. For the benefit of those listening on the podcast, um, I've sorted by expected goal involvement amongst Liverpool assets. And as Salah is, is just way out there. <laughs> um, so even though he's on the side, which in West Brom terms is um, a little stronger for them, um, his expected goal involvement is getting on for nearly five over the last six matches, 4.87. And the next best is, is Diogo Jota at 3.31. And then you've got Mane, 3.22. And then Alexander-Arnold, I'll put in as well. Uh, expected goal of more two over that period. Um, Salah's stats are just great at the moment. Shots inside the box, 20. Um, Jota, 19. Mane, 16. But shots on target, 9. He's had 24 shots in total. Created eight chances. Scored three goals. Had an assist. Minutes per goal attempt shot in the box. Uh, every 23.3 minutes. Um, this is nice Salah stats. He's going for the golden boot, as he always does. Um, Liverpool are going, trying to get into the top four um, to uh, uh, cement their future, really. Um, because if uh, if they don't get into the top four and if they don't get into the Champions League, um, there's going to be all sorts of problems in the transfer market for Liverpool coming up. But of course, they'll have Virgil van Dijk back. Um, soon it may be towards the end of this season even because I know he has been running around um, so uh, for me I think Salah is the sensible pick I just wonder I wonder slightly with rotation but I think that's probably overthinking it I think they need to win um, and they need Salah and he's he is their their key their key focal point still um, so yeah, I like them. Um, which is why you were talking. We put up the worst defenses there to West Brom. As you said, they're sort of mid-table. Um, big chances conceded fourteen. Um, but in terms of expected um, uh, uh, goals conceded, they're still pretty pretty poor. And that's 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 the interesting stat there. That's what Opta have sort of collated to say. Well, you know, they were expected to concede this. Expected to concede nearly eleven goals. Yeah, ten point nine seven. I think you said. Um, but at the top, in terms of big chances conceded, Southampton, Newcastle, Sheffield United and Burnley and Crystal Palace. They're the worst, we're conceding 16. Um, but out of those, expected goals conceded, Newcastle uh, are pretty much on their own there, up with more than 13 expected goals conceded. Southampton pretty poor, their defence has sort of collapsed at the moment. Um, uh, they've expected to concede at least 10 
Um, Sheffield United, I mean, that, down and out. I mean, they've been they've been a championship side for most of this season. Um, unlike West Brom, where they've shown flourishes of, of, of good play, Fulham have been tough to beat at times. But Sheffield United, I think, have been consistently awful <laughs> for most of this season, um, except when they beat Brighton. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but they have been pretty awful championship level. Um, so I'm starting to think maybe the best thing is just to, target strikers for the captaincy that are playing Sheffield United because they do seem to prosper um, so that brings us to the next plan Calvert-Lewin um, scored again he's looking good he's looking good again Everton are looking good they've got all their key personnel back um, but Everton against Sheffield United so they're the latest ones to take on this um, championship level side um, and that's being kind to Sheffield United to be fair Um so Calvert-Lewin for the armband, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I mean, um, and there were people that brought in Benteke uh, for the triple game week because he was playing Sheffield United. And to be fair, I mean, there were some uh, stats to suggest that he, he could benefit because you don't just want to bring in any striker that's playing a bad defence. You need to bring in someone who um, you feel is, is capable yeah. of actually taking advantage. Benteke did it. Uh, Calvert-Lewin obviously has um, gone and got a nice haul uh, against West Ham. Has another game in the game week, could get even more. Um as, as you've highlighted, Sheffield United defence has, has never been particularly reliable or looked like it's going to keep a clean sheet. And um, Calvert-Lewin, at the very least, is getting the chances uh, with which he can and deliver. So it's been an interesting one with the way that his, his stats have gone over the last six, mm-hmm. uh, but he's certainly right in the conversation. So in the last six, he's joint top of the whole Premier League for big chances uh, with eight level with um, the untamable Chris Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, absolutely, you know, no shame. In not being able to get past him, uh, but yeah, so so yeah, joint top for that. Um, but interestingly enough, um, his shots on target is actually kind of a little bit below uh, the level of um, some of the players that uh, are in a similar part of the table mm. in terms of big chances that have come his way. So, just isolating the top six players who have, have had lots of big chances over the last six: um, Sadio Mane had seven, Kane seven, Salah seven, Havertz seven. And then Wood and Calvert-Lewin have had eight. Now, of those players, Wood's got 13 shots on target. Havertz has got 11 shots on target. Salah, nine. Kane, eight. Mane, seven. And Calvert-Lewin, just six. But what's really interesting is his shot accuracy is still decent. It's 42%. Because he doesn't shoot very often in terms of volume. So his 12 shots in the box compared to some of those other guys, all of the others are on at least 16. Mm. So he's very much, at the moment, operating like doesn't shoot very often, but when he does, it's probably a big chance and you'd like to think it's a shot on target as well. Um, so my suspicion is that that's, that's good enough for a goal a game. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't look like one of those guys that's going to, and to be fair, we, you can probably, you can largely see that from his points hauls this year is that it's, it's normally a goal a game. Um, it's quite rare that he gets more than one attacking return. So the last time he had more than one attacking return in a game was tw- game week 23 uh, against Man United. And that was the first time he'd had more than one attacking return in a game since game week nine. Now, obviously, he's playing Sheffield United. So if he's ever going to have another game where he is going to slam in a couple of goals, maybe it's this one. Because, of course, we all remember, you know, he's actually against West Brom. Um, but it, I suppose if you're asking me to sort of, you know, compare Calvert-Lewin with Salah, if Salah is seen as the sensible option and um, probably the popular one as well, um, could be a bit of a brave call, possibly. To um, to go Calvert-Lewin over Salah, which doesn't mean it's a wrong one. I just partially feel that Salah's possibly 
a little bit more explosive, of course, being a midfielder as well. And he just it always looks more likely that he would get more than one attack in return in a game. Yeah. Whereas Calvert-Lewin is normally like a an eight or nine point. And I'm not going to say merchant because that's almost mm. like a, a derogatory term, but you get what I mean. He's yeah, a different yeah. kind of player. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean I'm, I'm not a Calvert-Lewin owner at the moment. And I look at him play and I, I expect him to score, but I don't expect him to score a lot. Um, and I expect Salah... As, as a more expensive player and uh, with a much higher expected goal involvement than Calvert-Lewin to score more points because he's got the chance creation as well. Um, and of course, he's a midfielder, as you pointed out. But yeah, Calvert-Lewin, I think is a, is a... I think actually Calvert-Lewin is a more sensible pick. I think you're going to get points from Calvert-Lewin if you captain him. Yeah. I think you're going to get between six and nine points. Therefore, you're possibly going to get be getting an 18-point captaincy, which in a blank game week... And if some of the other players do well, that's great. That's great. That's really good. Um, but would it be better to go for some other options? Um, for example, Salah. Um, but there's more. There's more options. I mean, this is one of those weeks where it's not a sort of captain so-and-so and then then there's the other guys. Almost everyone we're saying is a credible option here. So we've got Salah, we've got Calvert-Lewin. Um, now, Spurs are a funny one. <laughs> you never know what to get with them. They've got you know young manager, um, Kane coming back from an injury. Um, I'll put the last six matches up here, um, but we can also look at um, Kane, I guess, the last two, really. Um, and also against Leeds in, in game week 35, we call Spurs lost there. So at the moment, my one of the contenders for my captaincy is Son. Uh, over the last six, he's created 15 chances. He's a midfielder, so he's getting these points here. He's just had the three big chances, but nine shots inside the box, seven of those on target. He's really lethal there, 14 goal attempts, and he's scored four goals. That shows how potent he is. And he's just been a reliable scorer for me, my team. Kane, however, perhaps hasn't from his injury. Um, but as we can see here, the last six matches, if you you know factor in that, that length of time, seven big chances is great. 16 shots inside the box, over 27 goal attempts. So he's getting he's getting the, the volume there and he's scored five goals. Um, looking at Leeds in game week 35, so this was Spurs against Leeds. Um, this made me think more about Son. He, had, uh, he was the only one out of Son, Kane, Ali and Lamella, who were the, the, the main attacking threat during that game. Um, to have a big chance. Um, he also created two chances, two shots inside the box, three goal attempts. This is just against Leeds, by the way, reading this off. Um, Kane, however, could be getting back to it. This could be, I, I'm starting to see emerging signs. Now, Kane, in another day, would have come away with a very strong double-digit haul. And we'd all be talking about Kane this week against Wolves at home. Um, you know, he had... A very, very controversial disallowed goal. I think it was his toenail this time. Um, and he hit the bar. And there was, I think was there another disallowed goal. I think it was another like imperfect hat-trick of, of misses. Uh, but really close. And when Kane starts to get a bit closer, he's just, you know, he's a toenail away from a big haul. Um, so I just wonder, Kane is in my thoughts, definitely. And I don't think he's going to be as popular as perhaps he, he would have been. But yeah, what do you think? Spurs against Wolves this week for the captaincy. Yeah, well, I mean, you've already sort of highlighted the uh, element of you never quite know what you're going to get with Spurs. I feel like there is also an element of you never know quite what you're going to get um, with, with with Wolves either. Um, they're, they're, they're a team that has sometimes looked solid, sometimes not, sometimes been rolled over, um, which 
normally, I guess, would, would put mm. put me not off, but just make me a little bit concerned. But um, you know, people want to look at um, what Wolves have done defensively <clears throat> last uh, last six as we as we like to have a look. They they have been performing better in terms of what they're allowing than they were before. Um, so I think. Four five, four five weeks ago, their previous six matches had them in like the bottom six mm. for XGT and big chances conceded, etc. At the moment, their XGC is uh, the last six is six point zero eight, mm. actually the fifth best. Uh, but um, I think that uh, I'm not too worried about that because if you look at their last six matches: Brighton, West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield yeah. United, Fulham, and West Ham. So actually, the average kind of um, um, like sort of attacking yeah. ability of those six yeah. is not. You know, necessarily. Well, I mean, quite literally, it's bottom half of the table. Yeah. I mean, and, and with Brighton time. especially, with Lewis Dunk going off, um, you know, their um, their game plan <laughs> goal had gone, yeah. <laughs> and their goal threat had gone. Um, yeah. So yeah, so even you know, you factor in those type of things. It's like it's like um, yeah. you know, looking at the you know Southampton defence after a nine nil drubbing to Leicester. You know, that sort of skews the stats slightly. Yeah, absolutely. So their fixtures have, have, have I think, uh, skewed a little bit. But there's still enough chinks in the armour that we can spot now that I think possibly backs up the the, the backing for Son. So even though they've had relatively decent defensive figures uh, over the last six, they have still conceded nine goals. Uh, the XGC Delta is plus 2.92, which is the second highest in, in the division. So it means they're either the second most unfortunate or the second most um, lackadaisical, uh, you know, like kind of lazy with the with the chance that they're going. So conceded nine goals when they should have conceded six. Yeah. Uh, and I got to be honest, the, um, the way whenever I watch Wolves play, they always just look, even though they've have a bit of possession, they always look like they're an error here, a missed man marking there from giving up a few more chances, which largely comes from those sorts of situations. But um, in terms of where they conceding their chances from, this is what I mean about the Son thing is. Across those last six, even though they were playing relatively favourable opposition, 14 chances conceded down the left-hand side, and that is the seventh best in the league. Um, it is 11 through the middle, and that, again, is actually it's joint, joint fifth best. But then we look at their right-hand side. So 14 on the left, 11 on the in the middle. 21 chances Ooh, conceded hello. down their right-hand side. Um, considerably, uh, considerably more than in those other areas. Now... Um, that's something like that. It's like the eighth, eighth worst in the league. So again, it's not like awful, but of course, maybe we have to factor in the fixtures they play. But the point is, is that across that period, it's a clear sign that the right-hand side of their defence is considerably more uh, easy to cause problems on than on the left. And, you know, I think it's Nelson Semedo plays as their right wing back. And, you know, this wouldn't be the first time that people sort of pointed out the sort of suspect defensive ability there. So obviously that is where Son is going to play. Uh, well, we assume anyway, because he traditionally mm. plays on Spurs' left. That would be facing Wolves' right. So um, there's a possible opportunity there uh, for him, I think. Okay. okay, well, I mean, Son is actually my current bus captain. So maybe maybe I should just keep it on Son. Um, I mean, that was yeah, my, maybe. my instinct. My um, fancy manager's intuition said Son this week. Um, okay, let's move on. There's loads more. There's loads more options. Hey, Man City, remember them? <laughs> um they're, they're rather good. Uh, they're about to win the league. Um, um, but they, they play Newcastle. I mean, you know, man, so why aren't we why aren't we looking at these guys? Um, they play Newcastle and their assets could be great picks for the armbands. Um, but who plays 
KDB might not be fit. De Bruyne might not be fit. Aguero's days of, of firing four past Newcastle have gone. Newcastle a different side now in recent games. And Aguero um, is turned into Lookman in terms of trying to score a penalty. <laughs> you know, where I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. I think I could have saved that. And I'm not, I'm not a big lad <laughs> at all. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, Man City. I think if you want a free hit, you've got to pile in on Man City. They're so low-owned at the moment. Um, but they play Newcastle. Uh, I kind of like Newcastle at the moment. What do you think? Man City assets against Newcastle for the armband? Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying watching Newcastle at the moment. And um, I know it's been a, a hard year for Newcastle fans. And uh, and to be, to be honest, I don't want to get like slaughtered for saying this. It's been a hard year for Steve Bruce as well. Oh. And it is kind of nice. I was a little bit worried for him when he was like, don't worry, when St. Maximan and Wilson and mm. I think Almora had an uh, injury thing as well, when they're all fit and all starting, mm. then we're probably going to do better. And I kind of was, uh, from the flashes I'd seen of those players this season, I was like, yeah, I believe that. And so it's quite nice to see that that is actually bearing mm. fruit and they are actually getting results from those those players, um, which is great. So I actually, I, I mean, kind of, I guess, FPL aside, I wouldn't be too shocked if Newcastle get a result here. Um, you know, I'm not going to go out and say, oh, they're going to win this game 3-0, but they'll give it a real go and I think they will cause Man City some problems. Now, if but if they are doing that, then they are going to leave themselves open, mm. I think. Um, and uh, while uh, Newcastle have looked really good defensively, uh, offensively since those great players came back, you know, they haven't really backed that up with too many strong defensive performances and that's borne out in the stats as well. So, um, in the last six matches, they've conceded 16 big chances, which is the second worst. Mm-hmm. Um, they've conceded uh, 36 shots on target, which is the um, third worst. The 74 shots they've conceded in the box is the most in the Premier League in that time. And their expected goals conceded is also the worst in the Premier League in that time. And obviously, they're about to go and face uh, a particularly, well, potentially devastating um, attack. Although, as you say, without De Bruyne, possibly. Yeah. Although, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that. I think, you know, we, we will get... An update, I think, from Guardiola at some point. The the specification on that was that he was not fully fit, which suggests to me a match fitness thing rather than any kind of knock. That's what it's traditionally been in the past in terms of what God, what the press releases say. Um, yeah, Guerrero, I don't think I'm going to go near. It wasn't just the the bad penalty. I because I mean that's bad decision making, uh, which any player is capable of doing on any day. What I was most put off by was that his first touch from Jesus's uh, pass across the box for Sterling's goal because I just thought hit it first time goal yeah. or if you're going to take a touch like use your left mm. and then and then and then sort of like caress it into the net um but but in using his right foot he took it like away like it was like an open goal and he like moved away from the open goal and then Sterling obviously scored and I thought and the crazy thing was he had he, he had the audacity to be annoyed at Sterling for slotting it in. But it was like, yeah, but dude, your first touch nearly took it out of the realms of a goal scoring opportunity. So and he was an open goal. Yeah. So there does seem something a little bit, I don't know, not quite right with him uh, at the moment. Um I mean, really whether or not you captain someone in this game, I think, yeah, the free hit chip surely plays a part yeah. because we just we just don't know. I mean um, I, I don't want to, you know, go in on any of these players for the last three matches personally because I just don't know who's going to start. Um, you know, uh, Mares and um, and Foden are obviously, you know, they look good and in good form. Um, if you're looking for people who seem to actually be able to convert on their numbers, because obviously we've got Sterling up here on their XGI, mm-hmm. and his goal in the most recent game was his first one for ages. So yeah. there's a lot of players in this team that are a little bit 
unreliable from a fantasy perspective. Of course, Gundogan's kind of really yeah. dropped off the radar as well. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it's the same old story. Like we feel like New, uh, West, uh, Man City will, will win this game, but who will get the goals? Who yeah. knows? I mean, I, th- I, th- I think for most people with Man City assets, they probably don't own them at the moment. They'll be looking to bring them in, whether it's on a free hit, or they've got that still left, or, or just as a, a simple transfer, because there's a number of players um, that we mentioned teams not playing this week. Um, but yeah, with the, the stats we got up on the screen, last six matches, they show... They show they tell the story of Man City assets in FPL. They're all doing a little bit, which is so maybe okay to own. They might play, they might not. They might get you something, they might not. And for the captaincy, when we've talked about Salah, we talked about Spurs assets, Calvert Lewin against Sheffield United. I don't think Man City assets compare. They are an upside chasing risk to get, um, and, but I think with Aguero, it might be sort of wishful thinking that we're going to get four goals against Newcastle again it's a different Newcastle it's a different Aguero um, but in terms of expected goal involvement De Bruyne is on three so this is you know much less than the likes of Salah Aguero on just under three Sterling on almost three Mares as well Jesus they're all over two Bernardo Silva Torres all of these expected goal involvement between two and three or so and um, that's that just shows who is going to I mean Torres could be the best captain he could get a brace and he could get 15 points or something like that. Um, but, you know, um, you know how are you going to predict he's going to start? How are you going to predict it's going to be him that does that? Chances are they're going to share the points. Um, for me, it's a bit of a risk. But if, you know, it's that stage of the season. I think a Man City asset is, is the, the Maverick pick this week. Um, so if you're a Maverick, go for it. Um, there's more though. There's more choices. So here are the fixtures. We've got Newcastle against City. Uh, Burnley against Leeds, Southampton, uh, Fulham, Brighton against West Ham, Palace against Villa, Spurs against Wolves, we've already mentioned, West Brom and Liverpool and Everton and Sheffield United, we've already mentioned there. But there are other options, I think, here. So I've got up here last six matches for all players. Um, And this shows in terms of expected goal involvement. These are all players that are playing this week. So I think I have hopefully discounted uh, those with a blank fixture. Kane is top. Which is what I was going back to saying, you know, is this, have we started to see the emergence of Kane coming back to being Harry Kane? Expected goal involvement of, of getting nearly six, um, so 5.45. Um, then there's Salah, underlying his strength. Then there's Chris Wood. And going back to those fixtures again, Chris Wood um, uh, is against Leeds. Um, you know, Leeds, Leeds are a good, great side, but they can concede. Um so I think I think a bit like with Calvert Lewin, I expect Chris Wood to score, but I don't know how many he'll get. Um, so for the the armbands, I'm not sure. Um, Pereira against Liverpool, I think is the real Mavericks choice. <laughs> that is the, the proper Maverick. Anyway, if I start seeing Twitter <laughs> things on that, I'm sharing them. If I start seeing none of this kind of oh look, Fernandez Fernandez scored for me or Salah scored for me. Pereira scored and is your captain against Liverpool. Bingo. I am retweeting that and that's going everywhere. Um, Antonio against Dunkless Brighton. So going back to the fixtures again, I think Antonio Antonio's the player I'm going to bring in, I think. Um, he's got good fixtures for the, for the rest of the run-in, but against Brighton, against Dunkless Brighton. So it's different. It's a different, a different type of seagull there. Um, but, you know, the other options, other options. So what do you think, looking at those ones? I mean, I've mentioned Antonio... Um, 
woods there but are there you know other options or any of those that appeal uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'll just lend my back into Chris Wood, obviously. Yeah. Um, big fan. Obviously, we talked about his XG, but his raw numbers are great too. So, yeah. last six, 18 shots in the box is the third best in the league. Mm-hmm. Eight big chances is the joint best in the league. And 13 shots on target is the very best mm-hmm. in the league. So, arguably, he's posting stats that suggest he can get big calls every week. I suppose, obviously, tempered perhaps a little bit in this scenario, just mm-hmm. by the fact that Leeds defensively have been a little bit better. Um, I've seen some people talking about Bamford, um, but I would cautiously describe him in terms of his form as yeah. not really in the same boat as Chris Wood. Well, we've got, um, got the list of expected goal involvement. Um, yeah. Top, I think I, I went up to 11. He's, Bamford's not there. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, the fixture's good because Burnley defensively have been a little bit more obliging. So mm-hmm. ten, they, they should have conceded 10 goals in the last six matches. They have conceded 10. Um, you know, um, in terms of their big chances conceded, they conceded 13. You know, they're, they're kind of lower, uh, to they're, they're lower mid-table. You know, they're not going to keep a clean sheet, I w- wouldn't say. So maybe Bamford gets something. But as you said, he's not in the top 11 for the expected goal involvement um, over the last uh, six matches. But I was just uh, having a look at, um, just to, again, some of his raw numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're, they're really not strong at all um, in terms of his conversion. So nine shots in the box over the last six, five big chances... Five chances actually is not too bad, but he's had yeah. four shots on target and 53 players in the Premier League have had more shots on target than him over their last six. Okay. Um, and I'd never like going too near a striker who hasn't been like sort of consistently hitting the target with their shots because it means that effectively something has to give. So they have to improve some mm-hmm. area of their game in the next one for them to reward my captaincy decision uh, when we've got players such as Salah, and uh, you know, Wood, Wood. Yeah. <laughs> Kane, you know, and Jota, and Jota these... there with eleven shots yeah. on target last season. Yeah, exactly. There's some there's some players that are really consistently hitting, getting shots on target. Um, they're the type of players that, to me. I feel a lot more comfortable hey, captaining. So I, I, yeah, I know you, Bamford, were, you, you wrote open. about the West Ham Everton game, um, and so Antonio, as I was saying, is a player I would looking to bring in, um, but also you know he's in the captaincy conversation. I think. Um, but then looking at the figures there, so he's created 11 chances, but just three shots on target, 12 shots inside the box. So we're talk, talking an accuracy problem there. But he's also creating a lot of chances. Meanwhile, Jesse Lingard's stats in terms of goal potential have plummeted. And he is much more involved in the build-up play. So what, what's happening with West Ham? Are they to be avoided in terms of the captaincy? Have they changed? Have they become a slick passing outfit and not a goal scoring outfit yeah it's tricky they've had they've had a few chops and changes in the last few matches that um have sort of um in my opinion kind of made them harder to kind of understand um they obviously were that Cresswell for a little bit which um that drew Lingard into a deeper role for a bit which we haven't quite seen him leave yet even though Cresswell's come back um Lingard was doing really well when, because they didn't have Antonio, mm. they were playing Fornals as a number 10 and they were using Lingard and Bowen as a strike pairing that was more based on sort of pace and guile rather than strength and holding the ball up and laying it off to other people, which is, of course, Antonio's game. Now, Antonio can still um, use that role to do really well when he's like the, uh, you know, the aiming point. Um, but yeah, it's with Antonio coming back, um, uh, there's only two matches so far after missing three mm. in a period where they really kind of you know hit a rut in terms of scoring goals. 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit sort of uncertain. And the thing is, even I I know Brighton are obviously without Dunk, mm. but um, you know there are other defenders in there that I I still think can can cause problems. I mean, the way that they play the back three, they're all very strong physical specimens. Yeah. Um, Antonio's going to have to work really hard to you know um to to do his usual role I think against them. So all of that sort of. It's not uncertainty, but more just sort of things I, I want to kind of have another okay. look at before I captain one of those players. Okay. When you consider some of the other options like Cavalier against Sheffield United and Kane and so on against the Wolves defence and, and, you know, Salah and some of the exciting goal-scoring options at Liverpool, West okay. Ham just can't really compare. Okay, so I think, you know, just to sum up really, we're looking we're looking at the, at, at the familiar names really, the likes of Son, Salah, possibly Kane. Possibly, if you want to go there, a Man City asset, Calvert-Lewin for that reliability of goal scoring. But there are question marks over a number of other players. Um, and so that might might count them out of the captaincy conversation. Um, yeah, Chris Woods, I think, is your reliable one, though. Um, yeah, so um, <laughs> let's uh, just before we go, just want to mention the members area. So obviously all those stats we've been showing there, all from the members area at Fantasy Football Scout, all opta-driven data there um, all sorts of uh, tools to have a look at um, there if you have enjoyed this video do press do press like um, also remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel um, also um, do do uh, do like do share the, the podcast do uh, and make sure you subscribe uh, wherever you receive your podcast from but in the meantime um, David uh, thanks so much for joining me and good luck with your captaincy here's Jen same to you <laughs>